Hello and welcome to the third episode of a new series called Media Will Eat Itself, where we showcase the people behind modern content creation. Each episode will discuss the things that make media tick, talking to professionals from all walks of life. It's a media show about media people and I'm your host, Sean Weston. Russell Anderson Williams is a professional presentation design expert and is particularly invested in training people how to make the most out of Prezi and PowerPoint. He's even more passionate about the fact that even the best Prezi and PowerPoint users will fail if they continue to use bullet points. The idea behind his approach to delivering good presentations is the ability to tell a story, which is something we tackled in the last episode with Rachel Morrissey. I asked Russell about the importance of storytelling, and we delve into his own journey from training consultant to a leading voice in the world of presentations. If you don't come out of this with a head full of new ideas and enthusiasm, then play it back, because you obviously missed something. My name's Russell. Um, I run a humble little design agency called The Presenter, um, and that's Presenter with a Z, the Z, which will become clear why as we go through or this chat. American audiences with a Z. With a Z, oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I, I run that business full-time. Um, we are basically a, a graphic design house uh, that focuses on presentation design. Um, and I myself also go out and deliver a lot of presentation training. That's the bit that I really love to do. Um, and the guys that work for me are the ones who, if you go to our website at thepresenter.com, you will see the incredible work that they pull together. So we, we use things like Prezi. That's why we've got the, the Z or the Z in our name. Uh, PowerPoint, you know, animated videos. Um, yeah, we're UK-based, but we... We deal with customers all across the globe. Um, it's okay. been an interesting few years for us as a, as a business. And, and I've, I've got to say, as a precursor to our conversation yeah. here today, you did mention that you hate bullet points. <laughs> so let's, yeah. I'll indulge you. Tell yeah. me about what you hate about bullet points <laughs> in particular. Yeah, it's becoming one of my little things, actually, that I'm starting to talk more and more about on, on my own social media and stuff like that. Um, well, I, I saw your coffee cup. Video yeah, so just recently I did a video where I used the coffee cup as an example and, and the coffee inside repre- represents people's attention and the, the coffee cup itself is a presentation and I literally took a pen and just put holes in that coffee cup and of course the coffee started pouring it's out. So it's demonstrating, yeah, that's all that bullet, put, bullet points do in presentations is they he- they lose attention. You know, I, I, me and my team came up with a funny kind of analogy for this today actually in the office for some reason we were talking about cave paintings you know, if you go back millions of years the early cave paintings it, isn't it funny how cavemen and women didn't write bullet points on the walls of caves you know, because, point. <laughs> because we're, we're all programmed to think visually so the point I'm trying to get across with my hatred for bullet points is really um, that business presentations are so important um, especially these days when everyone is so time poor, um, getting your content and your information and your story across in a more visually engaging and kind of digestible way for the audience is absolutely crucial. So when we just kind of leave presentations to the last minute and then we think we can just throw bullet points on a few slides and we're okay, you know, it's completely wrong. We need to stop that train of thought and and there's there's an argument there to say 
change the strategy of, of presentations as well because they are always left to the last minute. Oh, yeah. you know, I've got I've got so and so tomorrow. Can you knock a few slides up for yeah. me? I've heard yeah. that so many times. Yeah. So there's not enough value, perhaps. There's a value thing there as well, right? It's really weird because there's been uh, there was quite a few surveys done, I think, in the US over the last few years, and something like and don't quote me on this, but I think it's around seventy to eighty percent of business professionals in the US put presentations and public speaking as one of the key business skills in their career success. And so we kind of all know how important they are. But yet, like you said, we leave them to the last minute. I mean, I'm, I shouldn't complain because this is what keeps me in a job. <laughs> um, but at the same time, you know, it, I'm on a real mission to just try and change the way we think about presentations as a whole. Not just bullet points, but the time we give them, the importance we give them and the budget that you know, marketing teams are given to develop good presentations. All these things, I think, need to really be addressed. Mm. Well, let's go back to something you said, because I really like your cave analogy, yeah. because what they were doing as well is they were telling stories, exactly. weren't they, without yeah. being able to write. So they, exactly. they articulate their stories or what they're doing through mm. those so so let's talk about the importance of storytelling yeah because storytelling right across anything you do whether you're writing a book a white paper even mm. and in your case a presentation it's about engaging your viewer right well what's your take on the importance of storytelling um storytelling i think as well is, is an area that is massively neglected um which, which I thought, you know, from coming from my point of view and doing what I do is, is kind of strange because, you know, my wife, bless her, she she's a complete TV addict and she'll spend hours every week on Netflix watching story after story oh, after yeah. story. <laughs> well, I don't <laughs> because I'm too busy working, but, you know, um, but I do love movies. So at least once or twice a week, I'll watch a couple of movies um, and I just love losing myself in stories. And we all do. Um, but we don't tend to put presentations in the same category as those stories that we're engaging with outside of work. And again, I think if we can shift our mindsets to bring them into the same box, I think everyone's presentations will improve because of that. You know, I said to someone recently um, who was a Star Wars fan like me, imagine if you watched, um, you know, episode one of Star Wars as a series of bullet pointed slides you know, you probably wouldn't get, you know, even 15 minutes into it before your mind would just zone out. You certainly wouldn't remember anything at all. No, no. I actually wrote so. about Star Wars in a recent blog. I, I don't really... know if you saw it. And it was about going back to um, to my early um, audio experiences. I used mm. to I used to make tapes with my granddad. But, but it wasn't... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cassettes. And it wasn't just about recording music. It was about recording voices yeah. of the family. When my sister was this big, we'd, we'd record her voice. Yeah. And it was, they became stories of their own. And I, I kind of thought about the time I first went to see Star Wars. Yeah. And a lot of it was about the sounds, I remembered. Mm. Because it was an amazing soundscape. It's yeah. a visual feast, right? Yeah. But it's yeah. an amazing soundscape as well. It was the first time we really properly heard laser guns and yeah. and that sort of thing. You know, it, it, there was something different about it, lightsabers mm. and that sort of thing. Mm. It was a fascination with it. 
Yeah. But it was all about story, wasn't it? Exactly. Maybe that's uh, you and I who work in media, right? Mm. And we grew up with Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, We've kind of had this education almost in, in yeah. innovative, groundbreaking things like sound. Mm. You know, very, TXX very... came from, you know, Skywalker sound and all that yeah. sort of thing. It all that's came from really that. Yeah. yeah, I never thought of it that way. So. so businesses, where are they where are they going wrong in their in their comms then? Is there not let's go back to that value thing again. Yeah. Is there not enough emphasis placed on having a budget for that marketing team in order to make their presentations mm. better? Yeah, I think it comes down to um budget and um time. So I know for a fact because it's marketing people and communications people that we work with most of the time. You know, budget is always an issue for, for them, of course, uh, as it is for, for everyone in any department. But even, you know, even the companies that do have budget will never have the time. Um, so for us, like I said, it's great because it keeps us in a job uh, and we're very, very busy. But we're always having to try and, you know, magically, you know, pull out our time machine uh, and get sort of three days worth of work done in in just one day which is why we've got quite a big team of designers because they will collaborate on presentations together so you can get more done so often someone's just left to do it on their own yeah exactly so if it was left as just someone in the communications team of a business it would be them probably up until 4am you know getting all the slides together and then probably 10 minutes before the actual presentation the next day the chief exec or someone involved is going to say oh can you just add 20 more slides about you know xyz so timing is a huge huge issue um and i think on the budgeting side it's it's not so much that you can just throw money at this problem but i think if marketing and comms teams had more budget to build a bigger suite of presentation tools so for a long long time it's just been about powerpoint right you know that was the only thing that you could use to build presentations forever now we've got Prezi, we've got tools like Videoscribe, Heiku Deck, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Um, but because people don't have time and they don't have budget, they're pretty much left with, oh, what can we do with PowerPoint 2010? Yeah. Which know, is a heavy so program. It's a heavy program. There's a lot you can do. There's a lot of great stuff mm-hmm. you can do if you've got the time to do it right. Yeah. But if you had a bit of extra budget, you could spend that time looking at the latest version of PowerPoint and then maybe buy yourself a few Office 365 licenses and you get so many new features or maybe you want to invest in some Prezi training and Prezi licenses and go down that road. Yeah, that was a shameless plug there for me. <laughs> it wasn't <busy>. yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, I think it's those two things really is, you know, have people having the time to not only develop the actual presentations themselves that are needed, um, but to just develop the suite of tools around how they present as well. It's really important. There's possibly a contradiction here as well, isn't there, in that um, we are tasked with creating presentations. We often spend more time on putting those presentations together because we lack the skills of storytelling. So we might make something that, it's 50 slides 
takes us three or four days to do it when it yeah. could actually be ten slides if yeah. properly done. Absolutely. Yeah. Or no slides at all. Or no slides at all. And just a great story. Don't do yourself <laughs> a job here. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see more people presenting with no slides. Mm. And um, and as a bit of an aside, actually, you know, you mentioned a second ago um, kind of exploring sounds when you were younger. And I think like voice technology and, you know, like um, Alexa speakers and voice like Google Home and things like that is becoming more and more kind of part of our everyday now. And I would really like to see a presentation that just uses sounds so someone presents and when they come onto a certain slide or whatever you know you would call it a sound plays rather than a visual i think something like that would maybe be where we could take it to next so i like that idea very much because yeah. i've thought about you know the, the training courses mm. that i'd like to put on in, in in the future and one of the first thing that came into my head was well um you know, do you have to go to a place and they have to tell you what TV and then you have to have the right plugs to plug into the yeah. projector or whatever? Exactly. Why don't I just take my Bluetooth speaker mm. and every now and again I interject Fantastic. with... A, yeah. It was just a thought, but yeah. that's because I'm grounded in audio. Yeah. And here's, here's another thought. Is it better for people who are tasked with putting presentations together to be a practical thinker or a creative thinker? I know you're going to say the balance is, you know, you've got to be a bit of both. Yeah. How about you answer that in your experience of yeah. what you've come across? Mm. Are they predominantly practical people who are left with that task or are they predominantly creative people left with that task? They are predominantly um, the, the create. Well, I want to say they are predominantly the creative people who get given that task. But, you know, in reality, they aren't actually creatives, if that makes sense. So what I mean is someone in a marketing team for instance or a comms team will be given the task of developing a presentation because in the chief exec's eyes you know they are more creative than anyone else who might be able to do this but they aren't actually designers or creatives themselves does that make sense yes, it does. Yeah? yeah so um and I, and I think you know that's why people come to us you know marketing managers are you know really stressed out because their chief exec keeps coming to them with these presentations last minute and they want a support supporting agency that can just take that kind of headache away from them. Um, so, yeah, I think it's mainly the kind of people who are classed as creatives that, that get given that job. Right. So let's move away from the actual creation of the slides now to mm. the presentation of them, because that's mm. that's another ball game completely, yeah, isn't it? it is, yeah. um, so I'm not going to ask you whether that's a practical person or a creative person, but are they better to be an extrovert or an introvert? Oh, that's interesting. And, and does, a a good, does a good presentation help an introvert and vice versa? Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, one of the... Someone asked me recently, you know, what's like the key skill to being a good presenter? And I think, above all else, the key skill is to know how to just be yourself in front of a room full of strangers. Which uh, is one of the hardest yeah, things. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. You see so many people going on stage presenting, and even without knowing them in person, you know that they're putting on an act. And because of that, the presentation just doesn't come across as good. It seems very forced. Whereas sometimes if you, you, know, if you go to TED.com and look at presentations on there, there are people who, if you met them in a coffee shop or in a, a business meeting, you know, outside of the realms of presenting, 
you would think, oh, they're a very introvert and yeah, they would not be a good presenter. But when they go on stage, because they're just being themselves, they deliver a great presentation. So I think that's the key, really. Okay. You know, one of our designers is actually um, very introvert. And um, I think it's really, really important to have more introverts coming to the limelight, if you know what I mean. Because, because I think they view they're more analytical they they view things in a very different way and because of that they will present things in a very different way mm. and i think that different way could be quite refreshing mm. for a lot of people mm. so yeah it's an interesting question yeah, well, it's, it, yeah, it's an interesting thing yeah. to yeah. think more about to be yeah. honest because you know i've heard from people who say if you're shy or absolutely terrified or so anxious about going on that stage mm. they've said pretend to be someone else and you'll get yeah. through it and uh, which totally goes against what you just said. Yeah. Now, I can see how that might help some people. Mm. But I agree with you that it's better to be yourself because it's a more natural presentation. Yeah. And you put yourself at real ease rather than uh, manufactured ease. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah, but perhaps it's a nice in-between step. Yeah, I think if, um, if pretending to be someone else gives you the initial confidence to get out on stage a few times and get the experience under your belt of presenting, then great. But what I think you should then focus on is developing your own style. And part of your own style needs to be, you know, you. Yeah. So how can I bring myself? Um, I, when I present, and um, I think probably back in the early days, you know, a long, long time ago when I started presenting, I probably was much more nervous than I still am today. And maybe I did try and emulate people that I'd seen. I am but, Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tom yeah, Hanks. exactly. But now I'm I'm really conscious now, and, and people even tell me this. They they ask me, oh, "Have you always presented in that way?" And I'm like, "Well, no. This this is me. You know, if you get to know me a bit more, this is how. The same way I'm talking on this podcast right now is the same way I present to a room of two hundred people." No, that's right. I've got yeah, I've got the confidence to do it now. Yeah. Don't get me wrong; I still get quite scared when it's time to present. But um, I know how to deal with that fear. I know why that fear is there, and I'm able to to deal with it. So, yeah. yeah. Use it, channel it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fear is if if we didn't have fear, then we'd not have survived as a species for so long you know yeah. so it's there for a good reason and i always yeah exactly yeah um i always say to everyone that the the, the reason we have fear whether it's a, a fear of spiders or sharks or whatever is because that's your body's way of telling you you need to prepare for something so if you're swimming in the ocean and you're scared of sharks it's your body's way of saying there could actually be a shark in this, in this water um, whereas when it comes to presenting, you'll feel really nervous because your body is telling you, you need to prepare. And I find that preparing more makes you less nervous on the day. It's a really simple equation that gets forgotten about. And it's a lovely chapter in this conversation here because preparation is yeah. so important for these things. If yeah. you're ill prepared for anything, right, yeah. Yeah. you're going to fall flat on your face unless you're just lucky on the day. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Let's switch the focus now to actually you and your business okay. and how you actually brand yourself. What, what's yeah. your strategy for, for branding what you do? Yeah, interesting. Um, we, I have to be honest and say we, I don't think we really have a branding strategy as such. Um, 
I'm very much of the school of thought, um, which I think is quite a new school of thought, that um, if you just give, 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 then it's kind of like, I think Gary Vaynerchuk calls it the thank you economy. Um, you know, if you just think about helping people, um, then good stuff comes back to you. And certainly in my case, that's, that's always happened. Even when it was just me on my own, I started writing a blog about what I was doing. I wasn't asking for money or advertising space. I just had it in me to help presenters. And now all of a sudden I run a really successful company doing that. So I think it's, it's all come from that. So a branding strategy we is to give more yeah. and expect less really well tell me about those things that, that yeah, you yeah. give uh, what, yeah. what kind of channels yeah so we use um we, we have a youtube channel um which has been really successful for us um so like the coffee mug video that we talked about a second ago that will go straight up on our youtube channel some of our videos on there have had you know a hundred thousand views and, and things like that mm. Um, so we kind of use video because we know that that medium is getting shared an awful lot these days. So we use that um, a lot. We still write blogs, you know, traditional kind of blog writing. Uh, we've actually just updated our blog and we now call it The Voice. And it's much easier for people to find. You know, you can even go all the way back to 2012, some of my very first blogs that I started writing. The Voice um, is a nice name as well for, for what you do, yeah, isn't it? The exactly. whole presentation. Yeah, I mean. the voice. yeah. yeah. Um, and we run a lot of webinars as well. Um, so What's we, the success of those? Oh, really successful. Yeah, yeah for, for us, webinars, I would say, have been the number one success at, at lead generating and bringing in new business. Is that because they're more targeted? Yeah. And you can do it by invite sometimes, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Whereas with a Twitter campaign, you really don't know yeah. what you're getting. It's harder right. to establish the metrics, isn't it, yeah. and the conversation. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And um, a, kind of a follow-on from the web, the success of the webinars kind of made me think that getting in front of as many people as possible and talking about what we do is the best way to not only help people, which goes back to our kind of ethos really, um, but it's also a way of lead generating, bringing in new business for us. So an extension of the webinars now, we're actually running workshops across the UK um, and soon in NYC as well. Watch this space. Nice. Um, and those are, I don't want to shoot myself in the foot here. Those at the moment have been free to, to attend. Yeah. <laughs> they might not be for all, way, you know, for all time as we scale them up a bit more. But those are really just, um, you know, come along if you're in marketing and comms or sales. And we talk about the latest technology in presentations. We talk about new ways to present, um, presentation tips and tools, and it's a really great place as well for people to network and because you know, everyone's in the same profession. So, well, it, it's who would normally go to that sort of thing? So we, yeah, so job titles, yeah. So for that, we we do actually target marketing uh, or communications people. So whether you're management level or just an, an executive, um, we want to see you there. Because it's going to be your job to make sure that your company's branding is delivered in the right way. And that's, of course, through presentations. And those are the people that we've always worked with the most over the years. Coming back to the channels that, that you use for branding, yeah. uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. But did you recently start a book or publish your first book? Um, so I published a book a few years ago, few years actually. Ago, yeah, right? yeah. 
Um, so my research is half right. <laughs> yeah, so half right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know where the time has gone. Anyway, to be honest, it feels like yesterday. Um, so yeah, I was invited to, and it's interesting how we how this came about actually. But I was invited to write uh, one of the I don't want to say the very first book, but probably maybe the second book about how to use Prezi for business presentations. Um, and at the time I was still working full time for someone else as a, a presenter and a training consultant. So I was, you know, it took me about 10 months to write that book with a, a publishing company, you know, up till the early hours of the morning, four days a week, sometimes five days a week. It was, it well, was the, fir- the first episode of this series was, was about writing your first book. Yeah. So it, it's just really hard, isn't it? But it is what a catalyst it was for you. Yes, it was um, a huge, huge stepping stone for us. Um, or for, for me personally, you know, in terms of personal branding, um, because, you know, as soon as that published, my phone didn't stop ringing. Um, and so very quickly I was able to turn around to my employers. They knew I was writing a book and they knew I was getting busy in other areas without, you know, taking the, uh, pee <laughs> in my, in my full-time job. You um, can swear on it. Oh, okay. Without taking the piss in my full-time <laughs> job. Um, so, and before I knew it, I was at the stage where I could easily see that I could earn what I was earning, but with a lot less work, <laughs> mm. working for myself in something that I was just even more passionate about. Yeah. So, so the second book. So the second book, I was asked to write the second edition of that. Um, but I was so, so busy that I just couldn't commit time to it. So what I did do is worked, um, was almost like a silent partner with the author that did write the book so my name is still on the cover or you had a ghost i had a yeah yeah exactly and i still got commission from the second edition so it's fantastic yeah yeah so um we 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 should come to a close now believe it or not we've been on for nearly half an hour 26 minutes so so i'm going to just briefly ask you what what tools you use in your everyday uh life so you're obviously a prezi guy but you also have to stay up to date with powerpoint yeah like keynote do you like keynote we have never explored keynote which um is interesting because and literally i've been doing i've been running this business now for six years and i would say i've probably had three or four people in that time ask me about keynote now i've got a theory about this i've got a theory and i don't know if it stands up (laughs) but it's that most people who are on Macs are in a completely different department than marketing. <laughs> yes. And marketing tends to use Windows, or that's yeah. what they're given, yeah. you know, the Dells and, yeah. and that sort of thing. So it more often than not comes with PowerPoint, mm. right? You're going to say to me, well, the great thing about Prezi, it's multi-platform. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Is PowerPoint also in the cloud? Because Keynote's in the cloud as well. So Yeah, so PowerPoint, um, Microsoft have now got Office 365 and they are slowly trying to move everyone into that cloud way of working, which is fantastic. You know, we, we've moved to it ourselves um, as soon as it launched. And it's brilliant because it means that you can now collaborate in, say, a PowerPoint presentation with several people at the same time. So you can actually save a lot of time doing it. It's a little bit like the the very successful Adobe model, isn't it? Just taking everything in the cloud. Yeah, absolutely. And collaborating. Yeah. 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 And that that is key for what we were saying earlier, for that poor person who's often left on their own Mm. to do the presentation. Now they can collaborate across. that's right. So with quite a lot of our customers, whether uh, whether they're asking us to build a Prezi or a PowerPoint presentation, 
Um, we, when we were building Prezi's, we would always send them the link to what we've done. They could then jump onto that link, view it there in real time. They could add comments. Or if they knew what they were doing with Prezi, they could move stuff around. You know, you never used to be able to do that with PowerPoint, but now you can. So, yeah, it's catching up. Well, how do people get in touch with you? So you can get in touch with me by, um, I guess the best way is going to our website, which is thepresenter.com. With a Z. With a Z or a Z in in the middle. Yeah. Um, And you'll see our our work on there. Hopefully you'll be blown away by the the quality of the work that, that my team creates. And if you want to get in touch, you know, not so much to commission us to build a presentation, but even if you just want to find out more about Prezi or the latest features of PowerPoint, I am always personally happy to spend an hour you know on a phone call or meeting people in person and just demoing all of that stuff to them um so we you know i'm happy to do that um you can contact us by emailing info at the presenter.com and also i would say you know just check me out on linkedin russell anderson williams because i post a lot of stuff on there as you know because uh, you've seen quite a lot of the stuff that i've been putting up lately um, so I'm yeah I'm really active in those spaces, but I'll, I'll put all the links in the yeah, description as well so that people can go to those. And thanks for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you. That was Russell Anderson Williams. If you've had fun listening, feel free to rate the show on iTunes or leave comments in whatever podcast player you use. I'll see you for the next episode. Bye for now.